What's up, everybody? How's it going? Good. This Great. is how we start every Grand. single podcast. Wonderful. Skip, skip, skip. Uh, today we <laughs> are we we're talking about uh, something important, which is spiritual formation. Um, it's a broad, big topic. A lot to be said about it. But we've invited our friend Craig. Craig, Craig from Iowa. That was He's, very. Annoying. He already <laughs> left. <laughs> Craig. We're much more mature when Craig is on That's the podcast. That's true. Yeah. <laughs> so this one is actually a good one to listen to. Uh, I mean, they all have their yeah. merits, but, yeah. you know. But, uh, yeah, so uh, grab a drink. We're having some stuff from Kansas City, which I just came back from. Um, but uh, drink whatever you must. Doing a youth conference. Youth conference, playing for the youths. I called them youths. How many times do you guys play Ocean? I called them youths. We did not. <laughs> uh, we did like a lot more fist pumping music than we usually do. Like, in uh, like uh, gratitude. Trading my sorrows. Well, gratitude's a slow <laughs> one. No, it's uh, <laughs> Thankful by uh, Maverick City. Oh, I like Maverick City. Okay. They're yeah, a little pumpy. They're fun. Uh, no, it was, it was, uh, gospel. Yeah. Yeah. We definitely weren't gospel. We're white, <laughs> as, we're white, white as hell. You're like, how can we add a violin to this gospel music? <laughs> it was good. Hey, they enjoyed it. Anyway, uh, grab a drink, get ready to talk about spiritual formation. And, uh, here we go. Hi, <laughs> welcome to Christian AF. Why are you all so quiet today? This is weird. We're just waiting I for don't. you to say something um, pivotal and Okay. Evan, now are, Evan's yawning. You are, <laughs> you are one of the <laughs> we most are, sought after I am ladies in leadership. leadership yeah. in Did you know that? The Christian. Did you hear this? No. We got an Tell email. me more. <laughs> we had an email from someone who said from I was Trish. one of her favorite women in uh, ministry. Spectacular. <laughs> yeah. I've also got a, really building up I, my I ego. I got some beef as well. Um, nobody <laughs> said they like me. Yeah, all they said was Evan's funny. Evan's funny. Jen's yeah. the favorite of ministry. Nobody gives uh, a shit yeah. about me. Wow. Yeah, who's that teenage boy that's on the? If somebody podcast? could write Jesse, my a voice nice has been email. cracking substantially less than it used to. Uh, just write so Jesse a nice you email. Do something someone. about my ego and send me something. Uh, no. Anyway, uh, we have a friend with us today. Craig from Iowa. Craig, <laughs> we, I can't morning. not say it now. Craig? He hasn't. No. been. when was the last time you were on? It's been quite. I a was while. like a year in probably. Iowa. Yeah, it, it's been a little while. Yeah, it's yeah. been a while. Yeah. Uh, if you haven't ever heard an episode with Craig on it, you can go back and check some out. There's what two Did or three. Did you just three? say haven't and never? If you haven't ever ever, heard I thought you said haven't and never. We're not from the like, south here. Mike could. Like, yeah, it's like that. Mike could. Mike could. If you haven't never. Maybe uh, yeah, I did. I don't know. We are recording in the morning, so with a double IPA in hand. I have an eighth of a double IPA. Yeah, you didn't want much. I didn't want it. You so you have a, a percent of <laughs> yeah, one percent of alcohol. Yeah, it's probably uh, it is. Yeah, okay. Well, since we're talking about it, uh, we are drinking repetitions on Citra by uh, BKS Art Art Artisan Ales. Uh, which is out of Kansas City, Missouri. And if you ask Jesse, the K and the S <laughs> no. stands for Kansas Can City. Kansas. <laughs> um, you said it like three times. So I was like, wait. You know, this morning. Um, so, no, it's, it's, I, I thought they distributed, but I've been told they don't. And it's delicious beer. I think it's really good. good. It's a hazy. Um, yum. Yeah, yeah, citrusy. It's it's basically like orange juice in the morning, as yeah, with alcohol. Is. 
It's yeah. like a mimosa. It's like a mimosa. <laughs> like a hoppy mimosa. That's right. Uh, and it is it is hazy. It yeah. is hazy. I mean, yeah, it's got it, a... You could stand a spoon in it. I so. think you could literally not see anything through it if you just stick something in there. Um, anyway, it's good. I would say if you're going through Kansas City, go <laughs> run by <laughs> Run by there and get some beer. It's, we have several others that you'll be hearing about coming up. We were, I was just in Kansas City for a youth conference that uh, I played music at. So awesome! Yeah, we're important. Craig, what beer do you have? <laughs> well, I have, I have a beer that I've shared with the table, um, and so I Quite have a, I have literally about three eighths of an inch left <laughs> of a wonderful beer from Three Sheeps yeah. uh, called Fresh Coast. So uh, I will uh, apparently sip it sparingly now. I could probably squeeze the napkins out <laughs> back into your glass if you want. Yeah, we had a full glass dump right mm-hmm. as we pushed record earlier. Um, <laughs> so was it good? The little bit you have? <laughs> as I licked the table? Yeah, yes, it was it very good. <laughs> what you can get of it. Oh, man. Well, you know, luckily we have backup beers. Um, thanks for joining us, Craig. I'm bleeding for some reason. Ignore that. Is that, the, oh. is that the hand you... That's like an old man thing to do, right? You're just like BKS. bleeding on the hand. Mm-hmm. That's a thing. BKS stands for Brookside. Well, obviously. <laughs> is that like a neighborhood in Kansas yeah. City? Yeah. Oh. It was substantially smaller than I expected. We went in. That's what she said. Uh, We uh, went in there, and I, the way he was talking about it, I was expecting like a big brewery, Mm -hmm. little tiny, tiny operation. Nice, good beer. That's like uh, what's that place I go to in Maine? Uh, Crap, Bissell Brothers. I'm more than that. Bissell Brothers, very small. Yeah, nice. It's good. Anyway, uh, Jen, what are we talking about? Why are you doing this to me? Today? I'm just giving you your voice. You know, no, I don't want to trip we over. Are you. Yeah, we don't want to make Trish mad. Trish <laughs> is about this. She doesn't like when you interrupt me. That's, I'm just trying to give you more of a platform. <laughs> uh, we were talking about. Oh, gosh. <laughs> <laughs> so she likes about the first five minutes. <laughs> yeah. 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 Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. yeah. Yep. Um, we're talking about spiritual growth today, formation growth. Yeah. Spiritual formation, spiritual growth, um, yeah. Just kind of what we. This came out of having this conversation at a theology pub. Most um, intense theology <laughs> pub we've ever had. It's true. It's a good topic. <laughs> Weird. Um, and so <laughs> we just kind of thought, hey, this would make a good conversation here. We all um, broke out speaking in tongues by the end. <laughs> also, that might have pretty just much. Been, <laughs> that might have just been the beer. Was Some sort of tongues. <laughs> just was, the beer yeah. talking. Um, (laughs) anyway um, I'm not sure maybe if we give like a kind of a short description of what we mean by spiritual growth spiritual formation I know for me I grew up Catholic and we didn't it's not really language that I used ever so it's more of like a when I switched to the non-denominational evangelical world that I first heard Mm -hmm that terminology and i think it's just not i mean we went to the priest right to yeah. help work on our our faith like we went to um confession and all of that kind of stuff it wasn't so much like a what are we doing personally um to grow as much like at least at the church i went to so i think that probably people can have different experiences obviously you were never expected to grow spiritually i mean it, it just wasn't like we didn't have a lot of like conversation around like your personal relationship mm-hmm. with God or like your personal f- 
quote unquote faith journey, if you will. Like it wasn't as much more corporate. Yeah. Catholics are a little bit more Augustinian in terms of their. Sure. Yeah. Their method. Their method. Like you would go to a confession sure. and do, you know, pray the prayers that you were told to mm-hmm. for the sins that you confessed and then listen to the priest on Sunday. And that was about it. Like, yeah. yeah I mean, it just was a very different, different than that. Mm-hmm. Although I would imagine that's true of most of like the high church type of denominations, right? Like, uh, it depends because you'll find <clears throat> the Orthodox are deeply, deeply spiritual deeply like it's almost uncomfortable spirituality um then you get methodism old like not united methodism but old school methodism which is also deeply spiritual um but yeah i'd say that's not an inaccurate statement yeah so my experience is probably the most limited with this conversation as far as it's something i've kind of learned in the last few years, like what that even means or looks like. Um, so I guess if maybe, I don't know, you guys have four Dillard, D- Dillard. <laughs> Dallas Willard books out. If he has a good, like succinct definition that we can give, or if one of you just wants to kind of blanket <clears throat> statement, what we're going to be talking about. Well, spiritual formation is a relatively, like the concept is relatively new and by relatively new, it's brand new in the, in terms of church history. You're looking late seventies. Um, was I think Foster was first, wasn't he? Richard Foster. He was definitely early. I don't know who I would describe as first, but yeah, I think his book came out. Richard Foster wrote a book in 1978 called "Celebration of the Disciplines," which is which spurred on uh, Dallas Willard with I, I can't remember which one he came out with first. It might be the one you have. You have the Great Omission. The Great Omission. It might be either the Great Omission or... Uh, Divine Conspiracy probably is earlier than that. Yeah. And so uh, Richard Foster and Dallas Willard were best friends. Uh, Willard's dead. Um, Were best friends. They were... Richard Foster became... He was a brethren pastor, and he was assigned to a church in Southern California uh, that no longer exists. And he showed up, and this guy, Dallas Willard, was there, who was the the chair of the philosophy department at USC, Southern California. Um, and also, so a little bit of philosophy. So I think spiritual formation through those conversations with those two guys was born of philosophy. I would say probably born out of philosophy of the person mixed with a deep theology of the spirit. And so there was a, how do we get people to understand because scripture, you know, you read Paul, you see, you know, the all the different Romans 12, 1 Corinthians 12, um, uh, whatever other ones he wrote about uh, Ephesians 4, about spiritual gifts. But what does what does that even mean? And it really, you could go back and say it stems a little bit from Wesleyan theology. Brethren has a Wesleyan bend. Wesleyan theology of uh, uh, sanctification the the constant growth of a believer throughout all life. And so there's a little bit of that played in there, but that was never really pen to paper was not really put until Foster and Willard kind of put it, put it together in the seventies, eighties and nineties in particular. And I would argue that, that when you say new, um, 
I don't necessarily see it as new uh, from the standpoint that it tracks right back to some of the letters that Paul wrote mm-hmm. and, and all this. But I think we, ha- we have to respond oftentimes to where our culture or our society has gone to reawaken yeah. aspects of following Jesus that have been lost. And um, so to me, it feels like it's, it in some ways is a reawakening and a clarification of something that kind of drifted away and has come back again. Yeah, yeah. Came back to the consci- consciousness. Yeah. Really, I think, you know, you have to think about the 70s. What was going on in the 70s in the church? I mean, the church growth movement was was ramping up. Consumerist Christianity was ramping up. Seeker sensitivity was, like, on the verge. Because when did, when did high—was that around 78, high bulls planted— yeah, 75, 76. Yeah, something like that. So there. you get that seeker-sensitive, true seeker-sensitivity becomes a thing in the 70s. And so there's a, a push in American, specifically the young baby boomers at the time, a push towards more a more consumeristic mindset in terms of how we relate to faith and church and stuff like that. And so this is kind of a reaction, an overall reaction. I would say probably a reaction to, oh, hold on a second. <laughs> what are we doing here? Yeah. 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 Well, and a, and a reaction to the gospel perhaps in some arenas being shrunken down a little bit to we need to get people saved. We need to, you know, um, some, of, some of that. And again, in saying that, none of this is bad. The wrestle we constantly have is the fact that we are constantly trying to shrink the gospel down to something we can get our hands around. Yep. And I don't think it was ever intended for that. The The concept is to follow Jesus. and uh, But we as man, I mean, I'm highly guilty of this. I keep wanting to bring things down to sound bites. I keep wanting to bring things down to something I can get my arms around and go, okay, now uh, I, I feel like I'm controlling this a little bit. And it's like, mm-hmm. no, uh, that's actually exactly the opposite of the point. Yeah. 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 I mean, it's an interesting thing because you could see, because I think even though Richard Foster wrote Celebration of Disciplines in 78, it became popular in the late 90s. <clears throat> and the, what you see in the late 90s, um, as people got a, got their hands on Foster and Willard's books and a myriad of others, uh, but you see th- it, it created this secondary movement within evangelicalism. Because the evangelicalism you had like, your Southern Baptists, even though they were like, we're Southern Baptists, not evangelists. It's like, okay, come on. <laughs> like you are. Uh, but it created this emergent church movement, which focused l- far less on theology and doctrine and far more on the individual expression of spiritual, of spirituality or Christian spirituality. This is where you get your, uh, Rob Bell kind of comes out of that. Uh, the what's his face? Who was on the podcast? Um, Brian McLaren. Brian McLaren comes out of that. R- Brian McLaren's like really the granddaddy of that movement, uh, to a certain extent. And Rob Bell, like to a certain extent, probably Willow was influenced around the early two thousands a little bit by that emergent movement. You know, Rob Bell spoke at Willow a few times. There was that 
kind of a different expression taking place. Um, and so it really kind of took off and it spurred, spur, spurred, spurred, spurred on more modern people. Somebody like John Mark Comer, uh, who is now Anglican. He was <laughs> not, but now he's an Anglican guy. John Mark Comer, the guy who took over Rob Bell, who's also ironically Anglican. I can't remember that guy's name. Um, uh, you get Rich Villobos. That's the other guy. Uh, the guy who Rich Villobos, he, he took over for, he wrote all of the emotionally healthy books. What's that guy's name? Scazzaro. Uh, yeah. Pete, right? Pete yep. Scazzaro. So he wrote Emotionally Healthy Leader, Emotionally Healthy Church, Mostly Healthy Family, probably. That might be a book. But he wrote those books, which all all stem from this line of thinking more about our faith in a spiritual sense and to form our spirituality, which would in, te- in turn affect our actions and how we treat one another kind of a thing and how we operate yep. in the world. Yeah. To me, the, uh, the challenge with trying to define it is that it um, always, anytime you try to define something, you attempt to put it in a box. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's very difficult to, for me anyway, to define spiritual formation because it connects to so many other things. Um, so, and I, and I always want to be careful about putting it in a box. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, if I were to say that the stretching point of spiritual formation, I feel like I'm catching, I'm trying to catch up with. Uh, with some of these folks like Dallas Willard and those guys, I'm just trying to catch up with their thinking and and yeah. and the the posture that they they encourage us to put ourselves in. Um, I think there's going to be some additional push in that when these things were written, um, we were we were really in the midst of the individualistic society. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, we're still living that now, but, but the cutting edge thinkers now, I think are probably pushing away from individualism and more back towards communal thoughts. So I think one of the challenges is going to be taking the thoughts of spiritual formation and community was always there, but yet the words oftentimes for me anyway, I interpreted them through much more of an individualistic lens. And now I think we need to think about them much more communally than we have. Can yeah. we can we break into that a little bit? Because this is what started the chaos in our last theology pub. But I, I think it is kind of important to differentiate the cause there's there's an importance to individual growth. Absolutely. So yeah. it's I think that started some of the argument because the un- understanding was that well, that's not really important. It's more about community. And I think community should take a slight step above it. But for years, like we've said, individual growth has been more the thing. It's my, it's the more my personal Lord and Savior mentality mm-hmm. versus communal growth. And I think there, there can be a lot of confusion in that. So is there any way to break that down quickly? Yeah. No, I was like, did we stump no. well, the quickly not. part? Or yeah, it was the quickly thing. It's quickly, that, I guess yeah. that that's what threw off a lot of conversation last time we had it because I think there's some stifling in the sense of of understanding of the two camps of that and why that's important. Because yeah. I think, I, honestly, I think generationally it's confused because of the people growing up in that 
camp of learning mm-hmm. of personal Lord and Savior and the the personal growth and personal this and that. It's hard to to separate from it. Yeah, yeah. I I guess I would say that it's it's something we have to look at, but it's in my mind it's it's not kind of the 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 heart or the core issues of spiritual formation um, from the standpoint that we do have we do have some personal responsibilities to position ourselves well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. For this, for for us to be able to learn from and be guided by the Holy Spirit, mm-hmm. whether we're talking about that happening when we are by ourselves, or whether we're talking about that happening when we are with others. Now, um, you know, I some would probably argue that well, no, actually, the Spirit can't show up if you're just by yourself. I'm like, oh, I think the Spirit can do. Whatever, Whatever the, the hell it wants, wants to do. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, um, and there again, it gets towards the, well, us trying to define things really closely. But I think, you know, at the heart for me around spiritual formation is, is truly how, first off, do I see a spiritual world? Mm-hmm. Um, or do I just see and acknowledge a natural world? human world around me and then how do i position myself to best hear and see that world and and when i when i say that one of the things that surprised me at theology pub the other night was and this is a generational thing i think mm-hmm. um my generation um really comes from a standpoint of we're pretty works oriented and um you know mm-hmm. productivity and all all this stuff and there was not a whole lot of openness or even consideration for the spiritual realm. Mm. Our goal was simply, you know, um, live out the disciplines for the sake of the disciplines, not necessarily for the yeah. sake of positioning yourself to be able to, to, to respond to the spiritual realm. Uh, and the Holy Spirit. And I think what surprised me was I think the generations coming up are far more open to yeah. this, the concept of a spiritual realm than than my generation was. Yeah, I think um, the question of, I think, when we think about, well, well, one, going back to the, the two or more gathered idea— uh, the, when we say when two or more are gathered there, like Christ will be with, or the spirit will be with us like that, that is ob- like one of the most out of context. Like it's talking about church discipline. It's talking about discipline of a brother. If a brother sins against you here, it's Matthew 18. Here are the steps you do. Be- and then once you, once you bring the, that person into the community to talk about it, that the spirit will guide that conversation. That's that's what that means. It does not mean the church happens when only when two or more are gathered. <laughs> that is not what that means. Yeah. I think church being ecclesia meaning assembly requires two or more. That does not mean the spirit is not moving in the midst when you are alone. <laughs> right. Yeah. Um but I think the the greater question is and why I think spiritual the individualistic mentality where it fails is one, we have to ask the question, what are we being formed into? Mm-hmm. 
right? So you have to begin, what is the goal of the formation? If the goal of formation is Christ-likeness, then that requires you to look at how Christ operated and lived. Yes, there were moments of solitude. Uh, if you read the, the Gospel of John, uh, the way the signs are seven signs of, of Christ's divinity in the Gospel of John, those signs were always precluded by Jesus being in solitude. So solitude, sign, solitude, sign, solitude, sign. So there is a solitary component to uh, quote unquote spiritual formation or being like Jesus, you know, spend time in prayer, meditate before you talk to somebody, before you're gathering, like spend time in that moment with, with God. However, Christ, the majority of Christ's life was operated within the context of a community of people. And so being formed into Christ's likeness in spiritual formation, I I always would probably not always, but I I would say you are being formed for a purpose. And that purpose is primarily to contribute to the greater, right? Or, or the, or the, the community. So yeah, you could be formed You'd be like, well, you know, I have you know, my spirituality or whatever, like kind of that mentality, and I'm good with God, so there we go. But if you're not contributing that, what God is forming you into, into the greater community, you know, this is why spiritual gifts for Paul is such a big thing, why we are made of many parts, an ear can't say to the hand, I don't need you. It's because you need to be contributing that formation to the greater, mm-hmm. to the whole. We're called to to go and expand the kingdom, mm-hmm. and we we can't do that if we're only internally looking. or if we're alone. Right. Jesus sent out he when he sent out the seventy or seventy two, he didn't send them out alone. He sent them in pairs, right? Yeah. Right. He sent them in community with one another. Even Paul. I mean, Paul. Paul was never alone on his journey. He was either with Silas or he's with Timothy at the end, or he was with. Barnabas at the beginning, he was always with, there was always an accompaniment. And that's a Jewish thing. A priest never traveled alone. A priest was always with a, what they would call Levite in Jesus day. The Levite was the assistant to the priest. So the priest, like there was always a, a, a companion, if you will, a community aspect. Yeah. And so I, I mean, kind of what, one of the things you're pointing at is, is purpose. Mm-hmm. It is purpose. So, and so, this is why I think it's important too that this is why community plays into this so strongly. If your goal is to move towards spiritual formation, just so that you can have peace, you know, you can have a balanced life, yeah. you can have Be a better all of you. those yeah. things. You know, it's like, well, that's that's not actually the goal. Some of those things might be outcomes, but if you're pointing at it. For those purposes, um, to me, you've you've missed the point because Christ did come to serve, mm-hmm. not mm-hmm. be served, and um, we see that all throughout the Gospels and throughout uh, you know the New Testament. It's like uh, we have a reason. Yeah, we yeah. have a reason. Yeah, I mean that's where you fall into that self help church mentality. Yeah, that's where yeah. I mean, unfortunately, a large majority of of America is kind of in that area sometimes i mean not always but mega church style is generally like self-help thought and i I think the push away from that is is where i think the next generation like you said is more open to that feeling of that 
They are. I guess my concern for the next generation would be, however, that um, there's a sense that, uh, well, the, the Spirit will take care of everything. Yeah. It's like, no, actually, <clears throat> we have a significant role mm-hmm. to play. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There, you know, the disciplines are there for a reason for us to actually bring our our body and our mind in alignment or into a posture that allows us, that allows the Holy Spirit to speak to us, but more importantly, allows us to see and hear mm-hmm. Him speak. Yeah. And, uh, you know, one of the things I, I had to laugh when I was looking at the uh, Foster's book this morning, just uh, on the Great Omission, which is a book really about the omission of discipleship in yeah. our culture, yep. which was a response to the the movement that was happening in the 70s and stuff. Um, but in here, you know, he talks about one of the, in talking about spiritual formation, uh, he says here, you know, my first point is simply life in Christ has to do with obedience to his teaching. Yeah. <laughs> Let's start there. Mm-hmm. So, okay, so what did he say to do? And um, who was it? Evan, we were, I don't remember who it was we were listening to the other day that made the comment that uh, if Jesus didn't do it, don't bother with it or something. Oh, yeah, that's Bill, <laughs> Bill Hall. It was, it was like we were watching a thing, uh, which comes stem uh, a, a plan of discipleship, if you want to call it that, or a system of discipleship, which was developed by Dallas Willard, at least philosophically, is um, the gospel you preach always creates a disciple, right, regardless. So if you're preaching a non-discipleship gospel, you're going to create a non-discipleship disciple um, or a consumer or an individualistic disciple. Uh, <laughs> and uh, so he's talking about how the gospel we need to preach is a discipleship-focused gospel, blah, blah, blah. Uh, but he gets to one point and he says, if Jesus didn't do it, don't bother with it, which is was like a, just a click. I was like, it was such a good line. It's going to be used in church. But it, it was... It was just, it was sermon near you. Yeah. It was like a quick little, like he just blew past it, but it was, it was, it was excellent though. It's an excellent point. So what do we, when when we're moving on to that, then what does spiritual formation look like? Um, corporately, I guess. I mean, cause I think it's easy to, to pinhole the self-help idea and say, obviously, or yeah, wait, pinhole though. It's the same idea. Anyway, um, <laughs> wait, wait. <laughs> um, but like you know, prayer, meditation, fasting, study. Who's like this all teenager? Things, like a lot of that kind of stuff for setting up spiritual disciplines to help formation of self. How does that translate to a community mindset? Well, um, it's it's funny because one of the things that uh, buddy of mine Dave and I talk a lot about is because we do work with uh, churches and businesses and stuff around organizational culture. And the reality is you can't change a culture. You can only change individuals, mm. and individuals change that culture. And so from that concept, I mean, the, the thought that we as Christ followers need to actually think about and be strategic and prioritize arranging our life around things that will help us to become more like Jesus, be more aware of Jesus' presence, you know, those those types of things. Once we begin to align our lives around those, mm-hmm. 
community is a key part of that. But it's very for me anyway. This is just my thoughts on it. To me, it's very contagious when when you're around someone who chooses to realign them li- their lives around the priorities that bring them close to God. First off, you do see the fruits of the Spirit beginning to show up. So you see things like patience and all of those things surface, and it's like uh, the, those are actually things that I want. You know, yeah. Um, so it's this weird thing, but it's a both and. It begins with the individual and it begins with the community because to me, there's, uh, there's nothing like doing this together with someone, mm-hmm. whether it's with one or two or three or four. But um, otherwise, it feels to me like I'm just kind of <laughs> meandering, meandering yeah, out yeah. there on my own. And, um, and what I start falling back on, quite con- candidly, is my quotient of self-discipline. To actually maintain the course, I'm like, yes. dude, yeah, I I know how big that is. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. it is yeah. not a good thing. Yeah, um, mm-hmm. I mean, you can look at that in any aspect of life, like, and that's it, it's so easy to apply here. Is that I mean, I was a musician forever solo, and I, it just feels like, what am I doing? Half the time, yeah. and then like doing it with you're like else, your you're body like, is a wonderland <laughs> <laughs> at Potbelly <laughs> by myself. I uh, know. Uh, but then having somebody join in, it just it feels like there's more camaraderie, the more there's more energy to it, and I mean obviously following in that path, doing it as a community and one right. to two, three, yeah. four, five to hundred people, I whatever think, it is. Yeah, too. unless you're Willie Nelson, solo acts <laughs> don't, don't really need work. It. <laughs> I think too, it's, it's um, to be able like you to do this well, like to to be doing both aspects of spiritual formation you have to be willing to be vulnerable and a lot of us aren't willing to be vulnerable with people like to say here's where i'm struggling and and to have um people around you that you can say that to um because i think i i think a lot about that this the dumb saying of like well it's not dumb because it's true but like hurt people hurt people and and you see that when you bring that whatever we bring into a community whether that's a church community a uh a job, whatever, like all of those things that we bring with us um, affect everyone else. And we, we, if we're not able to say to each other, like, here's what I'm struggling with or here, or have someone say to you, like, Hey, what's going on? I see this happening. Um, and to really help lift one another up. I think that's the part. If we only focus on the individual aspect, we miss out on so much growth mm-hmm. because of that, because we aren't, um, being vulnerable enough with each other to say, here's some flaws, here's some things that you could could bring you to an even higher level or you know a better relationship with God um, spiritually, and then also make you a better member of the community. And a lot of times, I think we find church communities that don't do that well or that um, don't emphasize the community don't emphasize like the like whether it's a house church or mm-hmm. ltgs or whatever however you can be become a little vulnerable with not obviously like if you go to a thousand person church like you're not going to tell you're not gonna be vulnerable to every single person there but if you don't have a few people in your community in your circle um that you can like be vulnerable enough with to to then grow out mm-hmm. of that then i think it is very stunting. And we see that a lot in, I mean, churches that aren't growing or 
churches that are dying because they're not they're just not sharing with one another um where they are and where they're going and yeah yeah um i think you're 100% right in that. And I think part of the challenge uh, comes around the fact with spiritual formation, there's two things that often have, have to happen to us. One is we have to learn, obviously, so um, other people can help us to, um, to learn new things. You know, They're going to bring different perspectives. They're going to bring things like that. But I think the other part of spiritual formation that is actually far harder, at least I have found it far harder, is the unlearning part. Mm -hmm. There is stuff that we have brought into our lives that we have learned and developed, habits, ways of interpreting information, ways of responding to information, things like that, that through the spiritual formation you know, growth, we're going to have to shed some of those. Mm-hmm. And I can tell you that to me is almost impossible to do outside of community. Yeah. Yeah. You can't, you don't have anyone pushing back. And well, it's not even pushing back. It's, it's even sometimes it's people there to, when, when you, when you try to unlearn and it doesn't go well, I mean, I want to have a group of people to fall back on to say, Hey, <laughs> Yeah, so I tried. This was a disaster. And for them just to go, yeah, yeah. Uh, the first time you ride a bike is never good. Yeah. You know, yeah. um, you are going to fall off. You are going to need to get back on. You can mm-hmm. get back on. Yeah. And I think that community brings a bigger vision and the support structure to reinforce the unlearning and relearning in a different way. Yeah. Well, and I and I love that. And this concept came up several times last when, when we were talking about that. Is the the clay mentality, you know, of, of remolding. And, but I, I think people get so stuck in an end goal, right? Like we're, we're thinking this whole journey and it's like, eventually we'll get to this point where we're, we're basically like Jesus, right? You know, we're here, we're there. We got, we basically, but we're 70 something plus we're here. We're, I'm good now, but it's a constant like understanding, like you have to break down things and unlearn things. And whether it's part of culture that you're, is changing, whether it's, realizing that maybe I was wrong in the way I was thinking back here. And very honestly, the stuff we talk about on here now, often, I hope in 20 years, I'm like, what were we talking about? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. You know, and to be able to accept it and say like, that needs to change again. And it's just reformation and reformation and reformation. There's no true end goal. And that's maybe frustrating to people, but you should be constantly changing and learning. And I think, yeah, that is. It's, yeah, it, it may may sound frustrating, but on the flip side, I mean, I I want to follow a God that I will be able to explore and search and dive into the depths of my whole life and know I will never reach the end. We can never understand. There will always be more to be able to, and I like to look at it as discover. Yeah. Yeah. And and discover being a good thing, a fun thing, and you know, an exciting thing. Um. Yeah. One of the things that uh, I, that uh, Dallas Willard wrote that just and this to me is I know it's not community with him. It's a book that he wrote. Mm-hmm. But I'm like, but we get a glimpse of people's mm-hmm. personality, yeah. minded, you know, in the books. And um, it he's talking about again uh, discipleship a little bit, but it's 
their whole spiritual formation goes through this thing. But he says the correct perspective is to see following Christ not only as a necessity, as the necessity that it is, but as the fulfillment of the highest human possibilities and as life on the highest plane. Mm-hmm. Well, I read something like that, and I'm like, oh, that that reframes life for me. That paints a picture of going, oh, I want that. Now, I can guarantee you, I'm never going to think of that on my own. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> it just isn't going to happen. Um, but I'm like, wow. Do you mean that, you know, as we had talked a couple weeks ago, uh, Aiden mentioned in church, you know, the upside-down life of Jesus and, uh, and the upside-down world of the kingdom, and that, you know, the fact is we're actually designed for that world. I mean, that's an energizing thought for me. I'm like, I haven't even, I haven't even found the place where I thrive best yet. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's like, whew. yeah. You look and that at um, changes too. Yeah. yeah. You look at what Paul says in Galatians. I mean, Galatians six. He says, "Brothers and sisters, if someone is overtaken in any wrongdoing, you who are spiritual." Restore such a person with a gentle spirit, watching out for yourselves so that you also won't be tempted. Carry one another's burdens. In this way, you will fulfill the law of Christ. Yeah. Right? There's a, there's a spiritual connection with, with community. The, the spirit is realized, you could say, the spirit is realized in the context of community, how we, you know, Jesus prays, uh, let them... You know they will know you by by your love for one another. Yeah, right. There's a this. It's it's one thing to in especially with new age stuff. And I wasn't on that new age podcast, so I can't. Craig was, I wasn't. Um, the spirituality one. Yeah. But uh, so that was the last one you were on. So it's been that was actually yeah, yeah. 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 I forgot about that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, we the new age spirit is. And this has infiltrated the church. The New Age way, the New Age spirituality is individualistic. And it probably stems from many of the New Age spirituality. People probably grew up in the church, probably grew up during hyper-individualism. But when you look at Scripture, it's funny. Like I feel like in every context, in every culture, and in every way of life, the gospel is always going to counter that, right? Yeah. So even if it's a hyper-tribal community or a communal community, there are going to be things where the gospel is going to push against a certain overarching mentality. In the United States, we have that hyper-individualism, hyper, you know, atheism is kind of dying in the United States. People might consider themselves atheists, but like they, they won't deny even even some of the the new atheists of the of the 2000s acknowledge some sort of spiritual like a Sam Harris or something acknowledges some sort of connective spirituality that's taking place um, part of that is they're all getting older and they're all coming to grips with their own mortality so that they're, they're uh, but you have um, this hyper individual individualistic quote-unquote spirituality but it does not contribute to anything so therefore it's dead a spirituality that does not contribute to a whole is ultimately not a spirituality. A spirituality is a connective energy. If you want to use new age language, it's a connective 
entity that brings the body together. You know, the body of Christ can only be the body if it has the same spirit. If the body of Christ is a bunch of individuals, then you have to question if the spirit, right. if it has that spirit. Well, and I mean, this may be a bit of a tangent, but uh, the whole spirituality thing that we see surfacing, um, to me, is it feels like a response to a pressure that we have placed on people through individualism that by themselves they should be sufficient. By themselves, they should be able to garner the resources necessary to, get, to navigate life. Mm. And, and I think it's part of the reason we see anxiety at a level that we do today. We were never designed for that. And my heart breaks for people that are that have bought into that. Um, and actually, it's uh, there are a few that haven't. Quite honestly, uh, mm-hmm. there are a few that haven't. And yeah. my heart breaks for them because it is a dead end road. We are not sufficient in and of ourselves. Mm-hmm. And so, chase as you will. Every road is going to lead to a dead end. We yeah. were designed to live in community with with God, the Father, Jesus, and the Holy Spirit, and one another. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, even how society thinks of mental health, I mean, if you spend any amount of time on YouTube or streaming anything, there you will see, you will notice the commercial of BetterHelp.com. Yeah. Have you seen that before? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Where Speaking of, we're sponsored. <laughs> no, I'm just saying. Yeah, where it, the the premise and the idea is not bad. Mm-hmm. However, anonymous doctor meets anonymous person to help somebody deal with something is bad because there's no relationship. There's no relationship yeah. there. Um, there's not really. They're just like, oh yeah, you know, you're going through something, or you lost your whatever. And, you know, let me help you through it. That's a good, generally a good thing. Like it's not a bad thing. It's not a bad thing that BetterHelp.com exists. However, it's the mentality of a quick fix mm-hmm. to a, a greater, deeper yeah. spiritual the thing problem. That drives me nuts about it is uh, I, I think it's that one, but maybe a different. Help it's stuff. always some young girl who's but like, you know, I well, you know, my cat died two it's years one, ago. It's like if you don't like the person you're talking to, it's a quick changeover yeah. to somebody else. So it's basically yeah. you find somebody who's like, you're good, man. Yeah, you're fine. Yeah. And it's just again, it's a self boost. Yeah, like, well, yeah, I'm good. Thanks. Yeah. You said I'm bad, so I'm gonna go to the next person, yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. or whatever. It is. Or you gave me a task that is hard. You you gave me an assignment to work on that's that. difficult, and I don't want to work on that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Rather, when you're in a community of people, and everybody's like, "Hey, we need to be better at this," it's not hang up the phone. You go be better. It's Let's help you be better. And I think the natural reaction is to leave the community in those yeah, situations yeah. because you don't want to help or you don't want to fix something that you've been called out on or whatever mm-hmm. it is. But I think that's another importance of learning if being in the relationship of community and committing to it is so substantially better for the individual, but the community as a whole can help yeah. build each other. And yeah. I think that's what's often, very often lost these days. Like it, you don't see that happening. And that's where you see the the handful of communities that are like thriving and doing well. Well, why is that? Like, because you don't find that. You don't find that anymore. And it's it's a lot of convincing to tell people stick with it, stay here. Yeah. 
I know there's some tough stuff going on. We're talking about some stuff. Maybe we got an argument. We, we're screaming at each other. Whatever. Stick with the community. Let's work through it instead of abandon and run. Yeah. And I think that's the go-to. And that translates right back to personal growth. It's like, I don't want to deal with this, so I'm just going to ignore it. And then I'm going to ignore anybody who else points it out. And I'm going to do this. And so if you shut down the community, it translates and trickles down to the self. And now you're this person who can't grow. Right. Yeah. You know, I think one of the things that um, that I have watched in myself that I'm like, oh, okay, Craig, you, um, this whole individual, this individualism thing yeah. has impacted your walk with Jesus is I watch myself resist at times praying in community. I'm very comfortable praying by myself, but oh, this kind of feels awkward that uh, we're gonna we're gonna pray to, together. Mm-hmm. I'm like, ah, oh, okay, Craig. Well, you know what? How did how did that seed get planted? And you know, it's one of the things that um, that Evan encouraged us to start as a church uh, is on Sunday mornings pr- gathering to pray together at nine o'clock even though the church service starts at 10. And I'm like, uh, for me personally, this has actually changed the way the whole Sunday feels for me now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because as as we sit and pray, I get to hear the hearts of the people around me, what they long for, what they're asking God for. I get to share my wants and desires for our community. Um, and suddenly you start to feel this bonding happen and we haven't even begun a service yet. The main point you mean? No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) (laughs) But you know, and you're like, Oh, Oh my. So, um, you know, one of the things when it, when I think about spiritual formation, you know, we've, we've mentioned them, but there are key there are key disciplines that that we saw Jesus do that's like, um, I think we need to engage in those, and we need to engage in them as individuals, and we need to engage in them as communities. Mm-hmm, yeah. I think, I think, I don't remember who I was talking about this with, but I we were talking about the idea of the fact that I we kind of hope that the nine a.m. prayer thing starts getting some legs and interrupts the Sunday sermon where we just, yeah. we're just going to keep just going with this until yeah. we're done. And then it naturally just turns into the sermon. Yeah. But like, I think that it's the convincing. And like you said, there's some, there's always a wall. There's always something mm-hmm. you have to break through and be like, well, you know, I don't know if I want to pray in front of people. It's weird. I don't know if I want to get up an hour earlier. On well, Sunday that morning. too. Yeah. I mean that, yeah. especially if you're not volunteering at that point too. Nine o'clock is not early. It's not. Okay. <laughs> 1,000% <laughs> clear. In people's minds where they're not working, they're like, I can sleep in today. You know, uh, but it's the convincing of all that stuff. And, but, but to see the reward of it is substantial. Yeah. And I think it's, it's understanding. You don't know it until you see it and to actually step out and say like, I mean, this, I'm going to make it a discipline. I'm going to do it. I don't want to do it. I'm t- I mean, it's just like the LTGs that we're doing. Yeah. You know, you, me, Evan, and two others are in the LTGs meeting at six in the morning. Ugh. Yeah. That's terrible. Yeah. It's discipline. <laughs> and it's, but every time we do it, 
I walk away being like, I'm glad we did this. Yeah. I'm tired. Yeah. But well, I'm it's glad. a lot. I mean, it's like any other thing you put in your life. Like you don't go to the gym one time and now you have the the svelte Speak body that yourself. you're looking for. Right? I'm always flexing. Like, yeah. I go to the gym after okay. one. I'm like, oh, I've at, had some sort of packs under this. <laughs> It takes time to see the fruits of anything that you do. Yeah. Whether like you're learning a new skill, you want to learn a language. Like you can't just have a conversation with someone after one lesson. You know, like there's and that's the same thing with this these spiritual disciplines of like, yeah, praying out loud is un- I don't really care for it, but it's like I'm not it's like makes me uncomfortable, whatever that thing might look like. So I'm not I'm just not gonna go to the nine AM prayer thing and then feel like I have to participate. Um but eventually, like the fruits of just the the discipline of showing up, there will be things that come out of that that you wouldn't have gotten in individually. It took going to something that was communal and something that made you slightly uncomfortable um, to see the fruits of what like that next step in your faith of your faith can look like. Um, and it's true. I mean, it's most things in your life, right? Again, it goes back to what are you willing you have to make yourself uncomfortable usually for growth, whether that's like physically uncomfortable mm-hmm. or because you have sore muscles after a workout or you realize how embarrassingly out of shape you are me um, or whatever that might be like small talk with people because you need to be around people more often or whatever it might look like. But we have to be willing. That's the first step. You have to be willing to be uncomfortable with whatever it is, whether with yourself on things you have to work on or it being in a group of people. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. You, you have to be willing and, um, you have to prioritize. You actually have to say, I'm going to do this. I mean, if you go to the gym analogy, if I only were to go to the gym, which I'm not great about the gym period, but <laughs> we'll just, we'll stick with the analogy. Uh, yeah. you got to find one with a sauna because that's right. like the, <laughs> that's like the treat at Literally the end of never. a gym. Never. But if you only do it when you feel like it. Yeah. Or if you only do it when all of a sudden you're like, you're panicked and it's like, oh my gosh, you know, uh, I've got to, uh, next Saturday's going to be really hard. We got to move a lot of stuff. I got to get in shape before Saturday. I mean, you know, those things don't happen. But yet at the same time, I mean, to be totally honest, we often take that attitude into our spiritual development, Mm -hmm. into our walk with Jesus. You know, God will show up when I need him. It's like, well, um, You know, there there's intentionality that's required here, yeah. Um, and it, it's either important or it's not. Yeah. And again, this is the role in my mind, one of the key roles of community, because I can have great intentions, but again, because I know the quotient of self discipline I have, mm. which is very tiny. Um, I also know that there are times where if I don't don't have community, if I have not committed to someone, if I have not, you know, Liz and I used to talk, I mean, for years we've been doing small groups of different kinds, you know, and uh, we've talked for years about the fact that so often we'll go, I I just do not, I want to just stay home tonight. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I want to watch TV. I want to, I can't believe I have to go to small group. And, you know, there'll be, there'll be, grouching all the way to the car, all the way to, okay, I'm going to walk in the door. I got to get rid of this face, you know? And then you, you walk out at the end of the night and I'm like, I am so glad I did that. Yeah. 
I yeah. am so glad I did that. But had it not been for the commitment of yeah. community, yeah. let's face it, it would not have happened. The commitment and the, um, what is it, the accountability. Yes, that's right. by yeah. commitment. Yeah. That's kind of what I mean. You know, yeah. It's like, if like, I don't hey, show up, they're going to be like, come on, yeah, really? Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's like, okay, I, I don't want to have to put up with that either, Yeah. yeah. so I'll just go, you know? Yeah, yeah. yeah and, which is an eater, easier... Which is an easier, uh, I guess, uh, burden or easier guilt. Yep. Either going and not wanting to or not going and having everybody like, where were you at the well, thing? Or you not know? going and then you get halfway through and you're just sitting there watching your show and you're like, I really, either I really let people down or, oh, I made like I made the wrong choice or, you know, and maybe you won't every time. if Maybe sometimes you're like, this is great. I just wanted to sit on the couch. Yeah. Um, but yeah, there you, are those, there are moments, there are moments for you should, sure. You should definitely take care of yourself. At yeah. Points, but, uh, but just knowing like to know you, you not let them down necessarily, but like you didn't meet someone's expectation in those moments of like, we all were here for the same reason yeah. and we were all, like, people were expecting you to come and participate and be part of the community. And then when you choose, you're choosing not them, right? You're choosing something separate from God, you're choosing not your community, you're choosing self. And sometimes you have to, sometimes you're like, I wouldn't, I can't be useful to anyone right now. And you have to be self-aware enough to know that. But for the, I would say 90% of the time when we just don't feel like going or just don't want to, it's selfish, right? It's not uh, because we're burnt out or whatever. It's because it just sounds like a lot of work. Do I really want to go? For example, the women this weekend are watching a Hallmark movie and I absolutely like a Christmas movie. Yeah. yeah. The night oh. before I'm moving, Ick. I'm moving the next morning. That's and like I'm the like, point of the women's thing is to watch a yeah. this Walmart one is Christmas communal. movie. Yeah. It's communal. Now here's the thing. We could just get together. And I scarf, absolutely yeah, we could, yeah. have no interest in going <laughs> because I don't want to watch the movie and I'm moving the next morning. Yeah. I have gone back and forth on this 27 <laughs> times in the last week. Like I'm moving. People are going to be at my house the next morning yeah. to move me. And I'm like, I just have to go. I just, I need to go. I need to do the community piece of this. I can laugh at the movie. Mm-hmm. The moving will be there. Like it is what it is. And but do you I know found, which movie it is. Yeah, is it like hats a, off to Christmas? Is it? Like it's about a, a hat maker, and it has <laughs> Hillary Duff's sister in it. Haley. Yeah. Oh, yeah. that's her name. That's I her name, Haley uh, Duff. And <laughs> I should read you guys so, the the is it like, preview for the. Is movie. it like big city? Journalist Everyone goes to do the yeah. thing. The, well, <laughs> falls in love with the girl. Maker. The guy comes from out of town. Oh, Making in hats? this one, he, she works at a She's hat store. Okay, we don't need to know about that. <laughs> and, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I don't, I mean, we don't need the rundown. I yeah, already right. skipped group. <laughs> I can bring you guys the movie. If you the guys were like, "Hey, we're watching a Hallmark movie," guys, he's is he is the guy from that town and just yeah, left. his dad owns the hat shop. Obviously, oh. he does, and it's failing. Okay, but no, but turn no, Evans' mic he, off. He keeps bringing us back. Yeah, this movie. He, <laughs> he's a marketing the, manager. The, <laughs> I can make your business. Famous. No, it's the son of the hat maker, uh, and Haley Duff thinks she's gonna get the promotion to run the hat store. Which I'm like, why do you need a Christmas hat store? Like, what do you sell? Because it's Hallmark. <laughs> Is right. it in like okay. North Pole? <laughs> the point is, like, is, I don't know. I haven't watched it yet. I've only read the, the description. The point is, dedication is a step, right? I'll bring you guys you the have, movie. You, go. you have to stay dedicated to community, yeah, to move forward. Because without that, you you just you fall in a hole of self. 
And that's really that if you don't want to show up, you're not going to. But you're also not going to reap the benefits of community. Yeah. And I think it's underplayed how beneficial community is. Mm-hmm. I think we we actually see community, I think, oftentimes as an add-on. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's kind of like icing on the cake. Uh, mm-hmm. It's not essential. Especially people coming out, like getting, it's weird, I, post-COVID stuff. People are still so bizarrely, I don't know how to be. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know how to do this. Yeah, and the truth is it's uh I don't know what a good analogy is, cooking analogy, but it's much more like the egg in the mix. Yeah. It's essential yeah. for the cake to rise. Yes. Uh, yeah. You know, it's like no, this is this is important. Um and I think we underestimate that. But again, I think uh again, I don't I don't want to make this we've drifted a lot towards community because I think it's a missing component, yeah. but um there are things that we need to make commitments to do personally too. Yeah. Uh, to be able to posture ourselves to um, to follow Jesus, to hear God, um, to posture ourselves to be able to see what's really happening yeah. in the world around us through not just physical eyes but spiritual eyes. Yeah. Um, you know, when someone says something. Did they mean that? And I don't want you. To, I don't want. I want to be careful. I don't want to go down the path of oh, we question everybody says no, but just listen, you know, just watch, watch their countenance, and then trust God. Ask, say a prayer. Just a, God, or if you're feeling a poking, yeah. at, like we should. Should just, I talk to this person? Right. God, is everything okay with that person? Yeah. You know what? It's just uh, mm-hmm. there. There's there's a whole nother realm that we are oftentimes just not prepared to see. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. Yeah. It's that the idea of being in tuned mm-hmm. when you, I, I, I don't think you could, you truly can only be in tuned with somebody if there is a, a string of, of spirit connection there, Holy spirit connection, or if it's spousal kind of, you know, in tune to emotional stuff or whatever. And so in a church setting, in a communal setting, that connection to be able to say, oh, this person isn't right is only a spiritual connection. And that requires years of engagement to be like, okay, yeah, there's something wrong here. Mm -hmm. We got to figure this out or ask or question or inquire. Yeah. Yeah. We're, we're pretty much near the end. Is there anything we haven't, I I sidetracked things with that, that question the other night and tonight a little bit, but tonight it's morning still. What is happening? Um, (laughs) Is there anything last minute points, anything that we want to get to? Uh, If you want to go down, if you want to be, uh, if you want to spend a lot of time reading, (laughs) read a Dallas will, a, a, a Dallas Willard book. And then you, you like have any you, of them? And like then what's you can, the best one to start with? And you can be like a pastor and quote him constantly. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, I think I like renovate re- renovation of the heart is my favorite. That I would think. probably yeah. be where I would would point towards. Yeah. Can we put that two. in the show notes? Yeah. Renovation. The, the divine conspiracy is deep. Like <laughs> it's hard. It's a hard book to read. Divine, but renovation it's, of the heart is excellent. So this it's is divine. Big. Yeah. 
They're both big. They're both big. <laughs> it's big. Yeah. But a salad, 419 pages of in-depth. Yeah, yeah the problem is it's book. 419 unique pages. Yeah. It's yeah. not. It's unique sentences. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah. Unique sentences. Uh-huh. It's like, oh, so you just read like a my. sentence or it's two an, at a it's, time? Yeah, it's an underline the whole book kind of a book. Perfect. Mm-hmm. Great. Yeah. 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 Sounds good. Perfect. Um, cool. Good, good talk. I like it. Good. Um, I don't know where to go with that. Uh, I'm trying to close that out. Anyone can jump in. <laughs> But uh, I will say, I will say, I will say, I do, we are going to be intentionally being more uh, on social media, putting out the upcoming episode concepts. So this one, we did this in the next episode, we put it out there, nobody responded to stuff. So, but my point is, if you're not following us somewhere, keep an eye out for it, because we do also want to address any questions that might be about the topics we have coming up yeah, that we could talk about on the podcast. If anyone has like concerns, questions, ideas, thoughts about it, any of that, um, we're going to be trying to post pre pre recording about any of these things. So uh, specifically Facebook, Instagram, I'm going to try to do a TikTok or two to keep up on it sure. for, the, for the youths sure. or X street youths out there. <laughs> um, but any of that stuff, just keep an eye on it. If you aren't already just watch for it, it'll be in story form or on a post or something. But um Hey Jesse, yeah. As you're as you're talking about that, it strikes me, you know, as if you're if if this podcast is like, yeah, you know what, I I really feel like I need to bring better intentionality, yeah, into my life when it comes to my spiritual world, um, because in reality, the spiritual world is the one that lasts mm-hmm. for eternity. Um, it's actually the most important one, but but I would say. You know, if that's something you want to do, the first thing I would I would suggest is try to find one or two other people that you're like, hey, let's do this together. Yeah, let's do this together. Let's pick up a Dallas Willard book. Let's, um, yeah, I mean, let's let's read through First and Second Corinthians, or read through the Book of John and the Bible, you know, or or whatever. But just it will it will not only yield greater results, I personally believe. Um, I think you will find greater joy in the pursuit of it. Yeah. This isn't designed to be work for the sake of work. It's designed to be work for the sake of joy. Yeah. And, you know, um it's just it's it's just a lot more fun. Yeah. If you yeah. find somebody yeah. else. Yeah, yeah. yeah, reading through it solo is great, but it's way better. Yeah, yeah, yeah. with a few people to poke at it. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. That's perfect. So, yeah, watch for that. Um, and then any of those things coming up, you can find obviously on the 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 website uh, christianafpodcast dot com. You can see all of our links. Follow us at places, and uh, we have uh, almost a hundred episodes coming up. We have, yeah, we're so close. We're to still 100. waiting on some su- suggestions of what you want to hear for the hundredth. We have no idea what to do. It might be just a boring one. Yeah, we'll just read a hundred verses of scripture Ooh, like of that. Dallas. We'll of da- yeah, we'll read a hundred sentences of <laughs> Dallas. <laughs> hundred sentences. <laughs> Break them all down. Yeah. We'll do a hundred hour long podcast. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Gross. Hundred minutes more. That's we can more like. That. Yeah. Um. But anyway, uh, keep an eye out for that. Uh, and like we call it a hundred minutes in heaven. <laughs> no making out on that one. Um, well, you two do whatever you want. That's fine. Um, anyway, uh, follow us everywhere. Uh, keep an eye out for Craig. He'll be back on soon. 
sooner than last time. Hopefully, we, we need you back on sooner. Thank you for the invite. I love the the uh, the perspective you got. Um, anyway, so uh, follow us in uh, all that stuff. Follow, follow, follow <laughs> more. All right, follow. great. I'm I'm Evan. I'm Jesse. <laughs> I'm Jen. I'm Craig from Iowa. From Iowa. Christian <laughs> <That was laughs> AF. Keep questioning your oh, pastor. Oh, I forgot. We haven't. I feel like we haven't recorded in forever. Your church your concepts of spiritual growth. Keep asking questions. And uh, you heard all our names already. And that was Christian A. Adios.